Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the Java to my Rhoda, my mom, Maria. What is that? <laughs> Rhoda's his son. I know, but like, jeez, Java. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, well, Java's the parent and Rhoda's the offspring. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. Since our favorite show is on break, we'll be looking at other parts of the Star Wars universe. In today's episode, we will be talking about the Star Wars The Clone Wars movie, which was written by Henry Gilroy, Stephen Melching, and Scott Murphy, and directed by Dave Filoni. In Star Wars The Clone Wars, Anakin Skywalker and his new Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, must rescue the kidnapped son of Jabba the Hutt, but political intrigue complicates their mission. Yay! So we finally saw the movie. Yes, I finally started seeing Clone Wars. <laughs> so my quest- You heard that, Saul. You heard that, right? <laughs> so my question to you is, as someone who has seen Star Wars Rebels and who got to know Ahsoka, Rex, and other characters through Rebels, just like Ezra, mm-hmm. how did it feel going back to the beginning and seeing it all unfold? It was a bit weird, but also awesome. Ahsoka is so tiny. She's so tiny, right? <laughs> She's so tiny. Oh, my God. And Rex is so young and healthy. <laughs> not that he's not healthy now, but so young and, you know, trim. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a bit weird, but it was also nice to see the tiny little Ahsoka and how she's so spunky and, yeah. you know, it, less mellow than the adult Ahsoka because this Ahsoka is very... She's uh, more wise. You can tell yeah, her Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, and and, and that makes talks. her more, yeah, ma- makes her more slow in the talk mm-hmm. and, and more pensive and, I don't know, that, that thing that Ezra doesn't have, which is the kid side of jumping into everything, right. saying whatever comes to their mind i love that yeah. i love seeing that in her mm-hmm. which i i didn't know of course i know some some background because you're always talking but i really didn't know that right that was good that yeah. was awesome and in a lot of ways ezra and ahsoka yeah yes yeah, I, 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 each other. yes mm-hmm. yes so, so it makes you wonder what ezra would look like if he has the chance to get to ahsoka's age yeah and this goes to my to my thing too like that maybe he's not meant to be a Jedi. Yeah. Maybe his path is a different one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, Dave Filoni recently released a few teases yesterday for Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Mm-hmm. And he released on Twitter these two images. One of them was what looked like a piece of armor. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's for the head, for the shoulder, for the chest. A lot of people were speculating. But it had a, a pair of J guys on it, which is the same thing that Rex has on his helmet. So my brain, as you know. Of course. <laughs> of course. Starts coming out with these wild stories about how Rex, you know, painted them on the um, whatever it is that Kanan will be wearing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like false For, eyes. Yeah, yeah, false eyes. And also, I know a lot of people on Tumblr were confused as to what that meant and it's a sign of honor you know you earn that as after doing something honorable so i can see that having been something that was exchanged between rex and kanan Mm -hmm. and then the other teaser image was of rex it was a nice little moment for me yes (laughs) yes because he has rex i know and i was on my way home from work i stopped at the door in front of our building and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then that showed him wearing okay his so helmet. that was the squeaking i heard outside maybe maybe <laughs> yeah that helmet he's gonna be wearing it in season three and in the back there's a hint of a green lightsaber we haven't seen anyone holding a green lightsaber in the series so far so it um, makes me wonder whether that's going to be ezra's new lightsaber Ooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm Although I really wish I, it had been like yellow or something. I want it purple. You want it purple. Yes. <laughs> purple. For- I love Mace Window for that. <laughs> anyway, so the movie 
starts off actually very differently than from the other movies. Yes. And a lot of people, they don't give Star Wars The Clone Wars credit or they don't really like they just overlook it because everyone's like oh the six films i'm like well there's seven there's you know star wars the clone wars and it it starts off differently and you can hear when it's a long time ago in a far far, galaxy far far away the voices of the clones fighting in the background and i remember the first time i saw that in the movie theater i was like oh my gosh this is different and it was very notable and i like when i watched it on monday with you i almost forgot about it and I thought, oh, man, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no crawl because, you know, normally you see Star Wars and then the crawl comes up and it tells you what's yeah. happening. But it wasn't. It was Tom Kane's voice narrating. But he does that for all the episodes Tom. of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And I yeah, love it's that. More, it, it, you know what, he, what it reminded me of? Uh. Starship Troopers? Is that the one with the bugs? The bugs, yes. Okay, that movie freaked me Starship out. Starship <laughs> Troopers and and oh, because they did narration the same way in the same manner. Oh, I forgot about that. No, no, that that's the exact same way in which that the, the movie n- narrates it, the introduction of each scene that's gonna come up. And it's also a very radio like. Yes. World yes, War Two. Yes. World yeah. War Two kind of narration yeah. and news like radio thing, and I like that. Yeah. It made it. It made Me it too. It made it more like I was actually watching a news segment. Mm, yeah, from that you know that era, that uh-huh. time, that time. <laughs> and I love that. And then Tom Kane's voice is awesome. Yes, yeah. And then there's starts off with a war on this planet called Christophsis. So we have immediate conflict like there's no there's no easing in you're you're dropped into yeah you're dropped into the middle of the war so there's this whole man versus machine thing the thing that was established in phantom menace it was carried on through attack of the clones so it's really it's not a fair fight (laughs) you saw you remember the the soldiers being taken down uh yes and uh, as long as you have uh, a factory making your machines you're gonna have more more behind you yeah uh, you cannot replace men the same way so this is a question that was brought up a lot throughout Star Wars The Clone Wars and it's still hotly debated among the like the clone fans do you think the Jedi had in their possession a slave army like the fact that they uphold these morals and principles but at the same time they have men under their command that were born and bred for war yeah and they're essentially slaves and there's yes. a there's a character later on in the series who who believes that who sees that and, and this is the moment when the jedi went wrong yeah whether you want to call them sir uh, uh, slaves or indentured servants because for their so-called work you provide them with shelter and food and whatnot you know as form of payment it doesn't matter whichever way you see it it is kind of a bad thing yeah and it was the jedi who were wielding it and and it's true that it's the grand army of the republic so it was an army that was made for the the benefit of this government but at the same time, the Jedi were supposed to were be je- the, the the balance of the universe. They were supposed to be the guardians of the universe. Yeah, so and they were and they were already waist deep in war. And, and and the way in which they went about it and the way they did it, it, it was wrong. Yeah, that one character, Slick, who appears like I said later on, he realized that he's like my brothers and I were slaves, and he he did some terrible things. And and if you guys haven't read it, I highly recommend. And my friends, she she does she draws a comic and she includes that character in her comic and it's a great comic. I love it. Star Wars Destinies on Tumblr. So definitely check that out. And it is and it's it's cool that they had someone to be aware of it and not just have these men blindly follow orders. Mm-hmm. Throughout the show, you'll discover characters who question it. And Rex is one of them actually. And I remember someone said, "Oh, they're just clones. You know, they're not people." No, the, the 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 way in which you come into this world really doesn't matter. Matter, yeah. It, it's the life you you provide and the life you make of it. And, and these were biological human creatures. Yeah, they bled. They, 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 they had feelings. Yes, 
and regardless of whether they came out of a womb of a mother's womb or not, they they were still uh, sentient beings, mm -hmm. and they were used, they were abused, and. In a way, it makes it easy to understand how Order 66 was so easy to implement. Yeah. Because this is what happens to a slave group or to a slave's class that in the end rebels against their masters. Well, it's true, but that was also a chip in their brain. No, no, no. Yeah, them. but I'm saying... But I could see some so of them actually... Allowing and not questioning right. and not and, and letting this just take over completely over them. It was easy to implement because the basis for it were already there. Right, that's true. Because if you have a, a sentient being, right, and it's free and it's free to choose and do whatever, and for me, it's easy to understand the fact that. For many of them, if not all of them, it was so easy to just take it as truth yeah. and not question it because of where they came or of how they were treated. That's true. Yeah. And there's the droids who, to me, <laughs> they're abused. Yes. Um, yes. But they're also pretty. I remember you call, you kept calling them stupid. Like, really? Like, <laughs> because they were, they're surrounded by humor. They're humorous they, characters. And, and they, they, it's sort of like they did not. They didn't put much um, intelligence in those programs. No. No, just enough to do whatever job they needed to do. Yeah, <laughs> That basically. was it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, it was funny because you have a robot and and it's sort of like he's, he's not capable of thinking further than a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> I love my favorite part was when they were on Teth. And the droid is looking down, uh -huh. trying to see where they, <laughs> they were, were, and he ends up falling. <laughs> and the other one's like, get back here. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I, I kind of miss that. And we we sort of see it with the stormtroopers in Star Wars Rebels. They're kind of not fully there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely miss that humor. But it's also sad at times because they're also very self-aware. And, you know, they know maybe because of their programming, they're able to identify that that's a Jedi. But there are moments when they express fear because it's a Jedi. So it's that whole, oh, remember that, yeah. that whole Chopper yeah, episode? So, yeah. With AP5. Yes. So when he was screaming in horror at, at being shot at. So it's like, it's hard to, to reconcile yeah. one, one way with the other. In on the one hand, you have the simpleton, idiotic behavior that you will never think a machine, a computerized machine will have because it's supposed to have processors to do exactly the opposite of that. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you have this self-aware entity that, that fears and, and sort of feels the world around them. So it's, it's difficult to reconcile yeah, those two things. Totally. And then we come to the point where Anakin and Ahsoka meet. So she comes off the ship because they think it's backup. But it turns out to be just her because she's been sent by Yoda to be Anakin's apprentice. And, and the way she comes out and she just speaks to them sort of like, I'm it. <laughs> I am it. <laughs> Bow to me, boys, because I'm it. <laughs> <laughs> she just she definitely had an air about her yes. where she was confident yes. she was self-assured very confident yeah. very self-assured and I love when she tells Anakin I, I, I think you're mistaken I am to be your Padawan <laughs> exactly so do you think because Yoda was the one who assigned Ahsoka to Anakin so do you think it was a wise choice to give Anakin a Padawan yes but I don't think it was just Yoda oh no Obi-Wan was that play yeah yes. yeah Yes, because it is in their way. It is how they're supposed to. And with Anakin, the problem has always been that he's never been able to let go. Right. And Yoda knows this. Obi-Wan knows this. The only way for you to learn is through experience. Mm -hmm. So he has to have the experience. And up to this point, he hasn't been able to let go of those close to him, not only emotionally, but like um, that are blood related to him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, I know. Here is the opportunity to show him, give him the, the, the experience of having someone who is not related to him, who he is going to have to 
create a relationship with and that he is going to have to at one point let go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as a master, as a great teacher, which Yoda is supposed to be and also Obi-Wan is supposed to be, yes, it is the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. He, He has to. Now, whether... (laughs) <laughs> they had some because you know how how Yoda is always saying these little things that make you think that somehow he can foresee yeah. certain things. Yeah. Whether they acted wisely and thought, and especially Yoda saw this and, and, and didn't put so much thought in it, then that's another <laughs> thing. You know what I'm saying? No, I know what it's you like, mean. If you think about this ability that that Yoda has to sort of like foresee certain things in the future and one of those things being Anakin and and his ways and I should have thought it through a bit more. more. Yes. <laughs> Cuz yeah. It's going to be one of those moments if not the defining moment that just basically yeah, I definitely like the fact that he was given a Padawan, even though he was still, in a way, a Padawan himself, because he was still learning. Even though he's a Jedi Knight, he was still learning from Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I very much like the idea, and I remember when I saw the trailer for it. Sometimes I, you you sometimes you you learn more when you teach. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. That's how Ezra and Kanan's relationship developed. That's how Kanan himself was able to harness some of his fighting abilities better and 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 sophisticate them a bit more because he was able to train with Ezra. But when I first saw the trailer for the Clone Wars, you know, one of the things that caught my attention was the fact that this new character was going to be his Padawan. And I thought, oh my gosh, Anakin's going to get a Padawan? That's so cool! And I know a lot of people were irked by it because there's such little amount of time between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And obviously in Revenge of the Sith, she was never acknowledged. But the way they end the Star Wars The Clone Wars, you kind of figure out why she was never acknowledged. Yeah. And I, I love the way they played out the whole story and made it try to fit into that yeah. very, yeah, very yeah. Small. S- small sliver of space there. And and Ahsoka's design, how did you like the way she was dressed particularly? Because I know a lot of people had issue with that in particular. Why? Because first, everyone else is in armor. Uh, everyone else is covered up. And then you have this little small girl who's about 14 years old who's only wearing a tube top. And she's not protected in any way. I, I would see this way. The boys need it. She doesn't. Oh well, I guess you could. I guess you could see <laughs> you it that know? way. But I do see. I do see the in, the imbalance between her not being given. But this uh, to me, the the thing is, she's there to learn and to be protected. And her armor is supposed to be the Jedi around her, the clones around her. That's true. That's actually a very good point. And and this is the relationship that she's going to forge. That's true. I wish she would have been given some sort of protection physically, like on her, just to show that she is one of the players. She is... Because the in one of the scenes, you see her when they land on Teth. She comes out of the ship, the transport, and she is immersed into this battle scene in front of her. She could have gotten nicked on the shoulder. I mean, granted, that would have happened anyway, even if she was wearing armor. But overall, though, I, I, I still love her design. Like, I was the one to defend... You know, I think Togruta would prefer being in this sort of attire, personally, in-universe. In, in <laughs> I honestly see it more like a symbolic presentation of who she is, where she is among them, and who they're going to become to her. So you usually like to present your your characters in a way that will portray who they are and who they're going to be. And to put a vulnerable kid Uh, in that position makes more of an impact, especially when you start seeing who she's going to be in in reference to them and the future. So I see it more like that. that Yes, you you could see it your way in the way other people saw it if you just see that moment and nothing more. But if you see beyond that, it's more of a symbolic presentation of who she is and who she's going to be. I guess innocence as well. Yes. I mean, to be honest, like if I had a 
14 year old i let her wear a tube top yeah you you, (laughs) you go for it if you want to wear a tube top go for it but But, um, yeah yeah yeah. i do understand it's the it's a war there's danger yeah yeah yeah. so by all that yeah yeah. so yeah for for me it was more cultural like Mm -hmm. i think Segura would wear stuff like this you know they would be more tropical in their climate so and i try to rationalize it in my (laughs) (laughs) and then ahsoka calls anakin sky guy sky guy and she and (laughs) And and Anakin's like, uh, he calls her Snips because she's snippy. So uh, I thought the nicknaming was really spot on. Yes. And in in, like laying out their personalities Personalities and and their relationship moving forward. Yeah. And I, I'm actually a big fan of the nicknames. I know people are like, oh gosh, she called R2, r 2 and whatnot. And I, I love I her like nicknames. nicknames. I love nicknames. I mean, too. I love my nickname. <laughs> my nickname has a nickname. <laughs> like, my my full name is Jonah Marie. I go by Jonah sometimes, but then sometimes I'm like, you could just call me Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I like nicknames. And, and Ahsoka had a way with them. So, I, I was a fan. And then uh, I mentioned this earlier, but Ahsoka and Ezra, you know, they were relatively the same age when they got picked up she was 14 he was 14 but other than that do you see any other similarities between them and because when I think going back and seeing Ahsoka's beginning to me it makes you appreciate Ezra a bit more because she's this snippy individual who has an opinion about everything whereas Ezra I I didn't really see it that way for Ezra I I felt like going back to see this movie made me appreciate Ezra's character a bit more because he's not snippy in that that way and a lot of people saw that as an annoying quality I I saw her as a very in tune to the moment and to what's happening she was very quick to the draw you know she knew exactly like you don't have to be a a great mind to sort of realize and react to the moments and and, and things around you Mm -hmm. and she's like this she she she's a quick draw she she reacts quickly to things that are happening and she makes decisions on the spot yeah and she moves forward and and I don't see that as snippy. I, I see that as a very smart young person who who knows what she wants, who knows what she's supposed to do, and she, who does it. Well, I think I think she's snippy in the, in terms of her uh, responding back. Like sometimes you should just keep your mouth well, shut. <laughs> and, and and still, I don't see her because then I will equate that with Canaan. <laughs> and the way he was when he was a young Padawan, oh, yeah. <laughs> always questioning. It's not that you don't respect. It's not that you do not accept what you're being told. It's that you have an opinion and you want to express it. Yeah. This is the thing that I think parents do wrong a lot. Mm. They take the responses of their children literally. They don't think about what exactly is it that the kid is responding? What is it exactly that the kid is saying? And what is the reasoning and purpose behind it? Put yourself back into the shoe of the kid. And it's not that they want to be defiant. It's not that they want to do things on their way. It's that they're curious. They want to try. They want. So if you respond negatively to it, you do more harm than good. Yeah. So I don't see her as snippy. I do see her as very opinionated. She has a very strong opinion of things. Yeah. And obviously she's seen more of the universe, even just by being raised in the temple, than what Ezra has experienced. But then in the sense that she's opinionated, she reminds me of, of Ezra. Gotcha. Because Ezra was also opinionated. You don't have to know everything and experience everything to know at least your own level. Mm-hmm. Like the, the level of Ezra was different from the level of Ahsoka, but within each level, they knew what they were talking about. Right, right. They knew their thing. Yeah. And they had their opinions and they were entitled to them. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I do see them as the same. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that we actually get to see them interact. Yes. Even, later later on. on. And it makes sense how she takes to Ezra. Yes. And, and she, she understands Ezra. And she knows exactly where Ezra is coming from. Because right. in a way, she was exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was that moment in Siege of Lothal 
where Ezra comes up with the plan. He basically interjects and says, this is what we should do. And he ends up walking away. And you see Ahsoka smiling yeah, in the background. because that is her. Yeah. That is exactly what she did to Anakin <laughs> many times. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love that, you know, they see eye to eye with each other. Yeah. And I wish we would have gotten more interactions with them. Yeah. Maybe. You never know down the line. And then there was... Captain Rex, my very handsome Captain Rex, and <laughs> and Ahsoka talking in length about what's around them regard in regards to the placement of where everyone is, and she's like, maybe you should move the line back to that area, and he's like, in my book, experience outranks everything. <laughs> And he says, obviously, the same exact words later on in Star Wars Rebels. So it's it's such a great moment because this is the moment where they establish a a sort of friendship between each other. And and actually, Ahsoka is older. (laughs) Ahsoka is older than him in this moment where she... And and that was actually in the book, the novelization of the movie, where that conversation is a bit longer in that she says, you know, well, I am a bit older than you. And that's when he says that quote because she's 14 and he's technically 10. 10. And there was another part of that conversation where she says, I'll watch your back. And he's like, I'll watch yours. So it, it pretty much establishes who they are yes. as friends. Oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned it uh, on Monday where we said, where I said, you know, this is sad to see children in war. So they're denied a childhood and they're subjected to this violence. And... It's also a serious thing on Earth. I was actually looking it up in preparation for this episode. And although the statistic is slightly old, apparently an estimated 200,000 to 300,000 children are serving as soldiers for both rebel groups and government forces in armed conflicts yep. right now. Yep. And that's, that's sad. Yeah. And actually, that number could be higher because this was a 2007 statistic and that's almost 10 years ago. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, there was another one. It's a, a report in the New York Times estimated that 2.1 children, million children in Syria were out of school last year in 2015. And, quote, these children are receiving military training and participating in combat or taking up life-threatening roles at the battlefront, including carrying and maintaining weapons, manning checkpoints, and treating and evacuating war, the war wounded. So my question to you, is why would the Jedi allow that? You know, that's something I know they train the, uh, their younglings, but yeah, obviously it's desperate times call for desperate measures. But it's, still, it's, like, it's also it's also remember that we have touched on this thing before. Oh, sure, we have. But remind me <laughs> where where you have two sides, uh. and you have people on both sides who think. This is the best solution. This is the way to do things. This is the best way to sort of like attain whatever goal is it that they're trying to attain. Mm -hmm. Whether let it be balance, accord, um, one God for everybody, you know, regardless. They think that their side is just and what they're doing is just. Yes, you do have your individuals who are completely corrupted mm. because this is the nature of of humanity. Man, man is a corruptible creature, and he he gets corrupted by money and by power, and they they're there everywhere. Because you cannot tell me that these leaders on these highly violent groups are doing it because this is the word of God or this is the good thing to do. They they are drunk with power and they're using what the masses below see as something good to manipulate them. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to other reason for what they do. But in every in every war there's two sides and each side has their own just cause. Yeah. And the Jedi train these children in the force in, in an ability that they thought will protect them would and protect others uh, and protect others you yeah. know what i'm saying sort of like superheroes mm-hmm. it's like you have superheroes yeah, and you're much. training superheroes <laughs> to protect the world you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. so in their cause it was a just thing to do and at some point all these children need to move out and do their thing and be the heroes that they're being trained to be mm. so I don't, I'm not saying that they were 100% right, mm. but then again, they had their reasoning and at least <laughs> they they trained them 
Oh, yeah. And we know that these children indeed had certain attributes and certain abilities that other regular people didn't have. Right, right. You know? Mm -hmm. Now, I do not agree. And this is the cartoon world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not agree what is happening today in the world. Oh, because no. in yeah. today's world, in the real world, these children should not be used. And the truth is, these children are being used by extremist men who are corrupted within their own organizations and who have absolutely no care about nobody except themselves. Mm -hmm. And they will do whatever they have to to get what they want. And if that means killing children, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. And any group, any group, whether religious or military or otherwise, I don't care what it is that take children and do this to children and treat children in this way. They don't deserve, they deserve to a, be. Yeah, they don't deserve than, than death. death. Yeah. They don't deserve who they are, where they are, and what they want. No. They don't. Yeah, it's very sad. And every time I watch the Clone Wars, and even in Star Wars Rebels, I'm like, when people were talking about Ezra having to take up a real weapon, and I'm just like, I, it's just so hard for me to see a kid his age. Yeah, this is a universe far, far away. It's a different universe. And standards, and he has abilities that children in our world don't have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know so what I'm like, saying? Like it's I, like I, it's, I completely get the difference, but at the same time, it you is have to equate Star Wars it. You have to sort of is a representation of, of us. Yes. So when you see that, you know, you can't help but think of what's happening in reality. reality. And, and this is what good TV is supposed to do. Yes. Make you think. It makes you think about what's currently happening. You, you have to learn to separate also, you know, uh, the TV is the TV and what's going to happen there, it's going to happen there. But it is good that it makes you think about the reality of where we are. Ma, you're telling me that Captain Rex is not real? <laughs> you, are you telling my me? daughter my daughter I, I i know this is gonna break your heart mommy mommy but it's Ma not real mama. you know i've been considering buying like a cardboard size <laughs> <laughs> i will get it one day and i actually want the statue too but i know i'm not gonna get that <laughs> but, um and also i just wanted to briefly say that it reminded me of what Qui-Gon said and how far the, the Jedi yes. had uh, gone off their path and and how he said, you know, I can only protect you. I cannot fight a war for you. And it makes me wonder how Qui-Gon would have been. I don't see him as a general. I don't, I, I, no, I, I think Qui-Gon Qui would have gone the way of Ahso that Ahsoka went. His own, he would have, yeah. yeah, he would have just left the order because I don't think he would have lasted longer. No. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. So yeah, I like personally can't help but feel helpless. But there is a group called Child Soldiers International where you can donate and become familiar with this issue if you, if you would like. So I highly recommend checking them out. And moving on from that, we have Anakin and Ahsoka working together to bring down the shields. So they yes. have they have that moment <laughs> where they're hiding underneath. Yeah, the the the, the, the cover thing. That, yeah, that box metal box. Yeah, and it reminded me of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yes, which <laughs> I, which I understand is a reference for something else, and I can't. Is it Robinson Crusoe? No, um, Treasure Island. Treasure Island. Treasure okay. Island. There's a scene in Treasure Island where they. I don't remember if it's that they capsized or what was it. It, but they basically use the boat as a source because of it, air, air yeah. and, and walk through the water and through the below. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that more in yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean because that's more recent. Yeah. But when I when I saw them doing that, that's what I, I, yeah. I immediately remembered. So then we go to the fact that Jabba the Hutt's son is kidnapped. And oh, and this, how this Palpatine and oh my, gosh. Oh my God, the manipulation, the political manipulation yeah. that goes on. I feel like him and Trump would be... Oh, my God. <laughs> they would have a lovely tea time. Tea time. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Two evils in one room, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I had to inject some of my political views, but that's how I personally feel. <laughs> Everybody's entitled to their own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
And so, did you ever think that Jala would have a son? Because <laughs> I no, <laughs> no, I, I honestly didn't see them as ever being a baby. <laughs> I sort of like saw them as that. <laughs> That's it. There's that. no more. They, to they it. just come to the world like that. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yes, he does have a son, and his name is Rhoda. Do you think he was kind of cute? I think he was kind of cute. He was kind of cute. I bet he was super smelly, though. Yeah. 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 But not, not, but but he was sort of cute. cute. Yeah. And I wonder what happened to him because we don't really know no. where he is, especially now in the time of rebels. I wonder, I wonder if he's going to go after Ezra for using this his dad's God name. <laughs> well, not really go after, send someone yeah. else after him. But yeah, I would like to see Rhoda come up in the series somehow. Then there's the war on Tath. You know, they go to Tath to find him and bring him back to his father so that they can use these hyperspace, uh, the hyperspace routes that the huts are controlling. And there's this part, I remember being really excited when we were watching it, where they're literally fighting the war up the cliff. You know, they're climbing it and there's also shooting everywhere. And I remember in the theater, I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was... I was fascinated in the movie theater and I was by myself too because nobody else wanted to go with me to watch it. (laughs) So I remember I remember the specific theater and the the chair that I was sitting in and just me watching it in the you know by the aisle and it was just like, oh, this is so cool. And then there's the monastery at the top where the separatists are located. And this is another thing that reminds me of reality where you know they Ahsoka and Anakin were talking and he I forget who it is that mentions that during times of war there are people who commandeer and take over locations like this because it's easy to do it I mean it's a monastery yeah so it reminded me of and it still like brings me to tears to this day but when war happens beautiful and historical sites artifacts and locations get destroyed yeah and the first thing that comes to my mind, it's the, the, the Buddhas of Bamiyan in Afghanistan. Yep. When the Taliban destroyed them. Horrible. Uh, like it's a- like the level. I, I don't want to say something that anybody may find, you know, an insult, but the level of ignorance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know how to call it any different. Ignorance that has to be in a mind that will look at something that doesn't belong to them to come and destroy without thinking, without realization of the damage to history and to art. Yeah. What What's sad is that those statues were there in the 500s and they survived all the way up until that point, 2001. I don't know the condition of them right now. I'm, I'm actually curious to look it up afterwards. Oh, we could say that, and this happens in all religions through oh, history. Yeah. Yeah, because is, that, uh, the Catholic Church destroys oh, so many. All the, all the icon paintings. Yes. From, yeah, that, oh my God, the destruction is yeah. like, was unbelievable. And this is what I'm saying. It's like the ignorance to think, to believe that you are so absolute and so unique and so much more important than anything else. It's like only an ignorant mind can go to that level. Because mm. an enlightened mind, a mind that thinks, and even if it chooses to believe one way other than the other, but sees beyond, yeah, wouldn't do anything like that. Yeah. So I, I remember, I remember thinking back to that every time I, I you know, think of that monastery. It's like there, there was people in there of whatever culture that was there, and it's yeah. been wiped out or pushed aside, and who knows where they are now. And it's essentially what happens to the Jedi. Yep. The, the, the temple gets ruined. Mm-hmm. Well, the archives are in the possession of Palpatine, but who knows what's been manipulated, what's been yeah. destroyed, and so on and so forth. So it, it's sad that it happens. That's the nature of man. Unfortunately, yeah. And then there's Asajj Ventress. So we find we meet. Ah, you finally yeah, see, see her because yes. I've always mentioned her. Yeah. And I, it wasn't until the movie where I was like, oh my god, Ma probably doesn't even know what she looks like. No, 
<laughs> not until I saw her. <laughs> and and so I mean, you've heard of her before. So what 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 did you think of her in this movie when when you saw her? Well, you say she was corrupted. She is a Sith acolyte, I guess I would uh-huh. say, uh, the apprentice to Count Dooku. So she is. In the mindset of I'm going to be a Sith, but she, she but, there but is elements of her that what you would find interesting later on in the series. So I don't know. I to me she she was like so spider like. Yes, Ahsoka uses the word harpy. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, bald harpy. harpy. I, uh, yes, I forget the full name, but yeah, very yeah. harpy like. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I wonder, uh, like her beginnings ah i see you'll discover more of that in the seasons yes. <laughs> but yeah she's very fierce she's in your face she and then she has this flirting thing with uh, obi-wan what? What? what was that about like really <laughs> i was like what <laughs> it's funny because you you turned to me and you're like what's going on yeah it's like is this what rokes your boat <laughs> Mr. Mr. Kenobi. <laughs> so yeah, they they do have a back and forth, endearing so, terms so, and stuff like that. So I really would like to know who she was yeah. before she started this path, mm-hmm. and maybe what that relationship was with Kenobi. Because honestly, it was <laughs> so full of sexual tension. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was a lot of that, and there's definitely more throughout the show as well. And then there's at one point where she forces Rex to give up their location, Anakin and Ahsoka's location, by contacting them. them. And this is the moment where I fell in love with Rex, because obviously, I mean, I, I I remember seeing before when he was talking to Ahsoka, but it didn't click until that moment. I was like, this is my man right here. <laughs> this is my character, my favorite character, because it takes a lot to have someone penetrate your mind force you to do something against your will and then still have the energy and the will to change just one word in the sentence because he knows that if he says Anakin, that Anakin's going to pick up on the fact that Rex never calls him Anakin. He calls him General. Yes. It's a smart move. It was a risky move. And that's why I was like, yes. <laughs> my, my radar like zoomed in on him. Smart. <laughs> because that, that makes him smart. Yeah. It's a smart. It's not a man that knows everything, but knows enough to do the job. Yeah. And to do it right. Oh, man. I love that. Sometimes we think that we need geniuses because somehow they know everything and they understand everything. We don't need geniuses. What we need is people who know enough to get the job done, Mm -hmm. who know enough to move things ahead and make them happen. Yeah. And that's how I knew. I mean, at the time, I didn't know what those J guys were on his helmet. But when I started to learn more about him, I was like, that's the reason why Rex is Rex. And why Rex, technically, his name means king. So he is he is essentially a king among men because he is a, a leader and he knows how to attack and how to strategically attack. Ah love him (laughs) and then then ahsoka and anakin have no choice but to leave and they take this transport the twilight and that becomes like their their little ship throughout the show and whatnot and they have no choice but to go to tatooine to take rhoda back the little little hutlet and i like that ahsoka caring for the little hutlet reminded me of ezra and pipey (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's such a it's such a cute moment between Padawans and, and little babies. little babies. <laughs> little babies. And then there's Padme Amidala comes into the comes into play. She's another character on the chessboard. Do Padme and Anakin already have a relationship? They're already in- married. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Because this takes place after Anik- after Attack of the Clones. I, I don't know why I, I keep wanting to say Anakin of the Clones. I'm like, that's not the name of the movie. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. And at the very end, they get married. So this, okay. yeah, they t- this takes place after that. So okay, yeah, you gotcha, get all the subtle gotcha. glances. and yes. And uh, what did you think about those subtle hints? I, I I thought they were. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge Anakin Pad and Padme shipper, but I, I thought it was neat how they added those subtle hints. Thing, yeah, because in there. they're supposed to be the relationship is supposed to be um, secret, 
Yes. So nobody knows about it. So, uh, yeah, it, it was... And here's Yoda trying to put a paddle no, on under him. him. Yeah. <laughs> to say, you know, you need to learn to let go. Meanwhile, he has, has a, a, a wife on the side. side. <laughs> and how nobody knows about this is beyond me. Like, and I think Ahsoka, really? and I think Ahsoka towards the end of season five, she kind of hints at it. And I think she she's the only other person besides Captain Rex. Rex actually knows there's, there's a thing yeah. there. There's a thing going on. There's a thing. <laughs> So she's fearing for Anakin's safety and decides to contact Jabba's uncle, Zero the Hut, and goes into the depths of Coruscant, which is one of my favorite moments because other than in Attack of the Clones, with the running and chasing after the changeling, we don't really see much of Coruscant. So I like seeing bits and pieces of these places. And so she goes and she sees Zero and he is very flamboyant. Yes. I love that about Zero. It's very flamboyant. Very unique character Yes, uh, that we haven't seen in Star Wars up until that point. And then she finds that Zero is actually in league with Kanduku yeah. and conspired with him. It's, it's like these people don't miss a bit. It's like they have everything Okay, if this one goes wrong, then what's going to happen is we're going to move to this other one. And if that one goes wrong, we're going to choose the other one. It's sort of like it doesn't matter what goes wrong because they have a plan already for if it goes wrong. (laughs) Yeah, they're very calculating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My God, I was like. What? Come on, people. Lose at one point. (laughs) It's not possible that you have a solution for everything. (laughs) But yeah, Zero definitely had a few cards up his non-existent sleeve. Yes. But Padme saw through him. Unfortunately, she got captured. But luckily, C-3PO came in right in the nick of time. And I I love the moment where he kind of like pops his head. Is this the right moment? <laughs> Is this the right time? <laughs> and I, I, I love to see 3PO in those moments because actually 3PO is not my, one of my favorite characters of the universe. I can, sometimes I find him very annoying. He's supposed to be oh, up he is. and not annoying. But, <laughs> that's true. He is. He is. But because of those qualities, I find him, I, I like I said, I, he's not one of my favorite characters because of that. And I kind of just roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, 3PO, go away, please. <laughs> <laughs> but in those moments, he was actually on point and hilarious. And I love Street Three Prio. He he's a, a um an annoying smart butler. Oh yeah, butler. <laughs> yeah, I guess he could. You say know that. the butler who 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 knows everything. Kind of like and... the butler in the nanny. Yes, but not, yeah. not a sassy. Not a sassy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he he knows everything, and he he knows where everybody is. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> so that was that was great to see Padme come into the story because I actually wasn't expecting to see her, although I should have because you know she, Anakin, and Obi Wan, they're like the big three. Sort of like Han yeah. and Leia are, so, are the big three of the original trilogy. So it was great seeing her and her taking the diplomatic side of it. Because you have Anakin mm-hmm. going all crazy here and Obi-Wan going crazy over there. So, you know, you need someone to uh, speak up for the Senate. Senate, yeah. Yeah. And then they finally were finally getting down to the last bits of the movie where Anakin and Ahsoka arrive on Tatooine, which isn't his favorite place. No. He does not like sand. No. He does not like... After what he did? No. He and, shouldn't like And there's that moment where you hear the sand people... Yes. ...in the background. And yeah. I thought that was very cool before transitioning over to, to Tatooine. And then again, it's interesting that she took the baby and Anakin took the rocks to deceive Dooku. And that shows that... Even being with her for this amount of time, because it it's a relatively short amount of time, he trusted her, her with a big responsibility. Yep. And it's sort of how Kanan trusted Ezra with Pipey yep. and, you know, with all the other responsibilities that happened throughout the show. So there are times where I'm like, where Ezra, at the very end in season two, where he's like... You know, you need to trust me. I'm like, and looking back, I'm like, Ezra, he, ha- he, he kind of does. He trusts you. <laughs> he, he, he has let you do things that otherwise you wouldn't be allowed to do. And and he has trusted. It's young kids, uh, they have short memory. Short oh, attention yeah. I know spans, I do. You know? <laughs> and they forget one thing to the next. That's true. And they don't see beyond the moment. Mm. 
It's like uh, to me, I think that's where the saying like uh, you can do one hundred things. You you have one hundred things to do. You can do ninety nine right, but you do one wrong and you mess everything up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like why <laughs> you have ninety nine right. One wrong is nothing, right? Right. Compared to the ninety nine right, but it goes to that moment the mm. moment kind of thing it is not about the past it's about the now yeah and that's a teenager yeah <laughs> and then ahsoka and anakin split up and she's faced with the magna guards so, you know she has to face these three guys and it was rough on her because it was the first time she's ever had to duel with three people who are attempting to kill her and you know in the process and then take that moment and then take the moment where she's literally beating those seven sisters uh, yes. and the fifth brother in Star Wars Rebels. And you're like, wow, she's come far. <laughs> but even then, the, the skills, yeah. she took down oh, yeah. those three guys. Yeah, yeah. It was roughly done. It done, but she did it. Yeah, the skills were So it was there. like, yes, I know exactly what you're going to do later, girl. <laughs> I know, and it's so cool, cool. looking back <laughs> yes. and then seeing that progress. And then Jabba, you know, he's happy to get Rhoda back. I forget the nickname that he had for his, his little baby. Something about punking. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and yeah, Obi-Wan repeated it. And he's yeah. like, what? <laughs> and... Uh, You know, in the process, they were going to get executed, and that's when Padme comes in to save the day. Because she essentially does save the day, otherwise they would have been executed. And then they get their hyperspace line. They're they're able to use those those routes again. And that sort of reminded me of Hera and Fen Rao trying to ask to use Concord Dawn. Yes, Concord Dawn for for their supplies supplies and stuff. Yeah, it's sort of similar. Yeah, and it's also to be in that position of relying on other people, that always hinders the your effort because you have to rely on someone else. And not necessarily somebody trustworthy. Oh, no, because the huts aren't... <laughs> yeah, the huts are for the money. Yeah, so if they get someone else better along, down the line, you're screwed. screwed. Yeah. So it takes a lot to put that amount of trust on someone who doesn't have that trust and respect back, back, for, back you. for you. And then final thoughts. I mean, I thought I'm, I, I I still love this movie. I, I I love the music. The music was great. It was totally different. And it, it, it was sort of like um in that part when they go into the monastery. Uh-huh. That Indian sort of. It's uh, to me. It was sort of like clubby dancing yes. kind of thing yeah. like it, it's not a bad moment let's just start dancing <laughs> and moving <laughs> yeah i i love the music and that's kevin kiner's genius and actually you know i found out that kevin kiner did stargate sg1 music no wonder i was like oh snap i know no wonder because that. that was one of the things we love I about star and he caps yeah. you captures yeah. you so I was like, oh, man, Kevin Kiner is the best. <laughs> and again, I wonder whether we'll see Rhoda in, or even the Huts in Star Wars Rebels. I feel like maybe that's too close to Tatooine, too close to Luke and Obi-Wan. I don't know. They, they, they has to be because Ezra is always saying his job of the Hutt. I know, So right? they're out there. <laughs> they're there and everybody knows about them. Yeah, so, so I feel like at some point we'll, we'll have to get more than just a, a word being dropped, dropped in. in. Yeah. Yeah. And some fun facts, actually, because I thought these were cool. Oh, actually, not really. But the poor movie, it really wasn't all that successful because, again, not a lot of people were captivated by it. It was very rough in animation. And now we think it's rough. But at the time, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is is beautiful stuff. But, yeah, looking back at it now, it's like, oh, man, compared to season six, I can see how that's rough. But you have to start somewhere, obviously. But unfortunately, the movie was nominated for a Razzie Award, which is like the worst award you could possibly get. And it was nominated for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. And I'm like, ah, Star Wars The Clone Wars deserves so much better. Yes. And I I honestly, did did I see the same 
quality in animation that I see now in Rebels? No. no, no. This was how many years ago? This is 2008. This 2008. Is, this is eight years ago, right? I'm doing yeah. that math right? <laughs> yes, Jonah, <laughs> <Okay>. yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we see animation take this big leaps from one year to the next because it's it's dependent a lot in computers Mm -hmm. and the more computers progress the faster the processors are the more things they can render and do the animation becomes even more spectacular Mm -hmm. so from one year to the next we we see these leaps and bounds in animation that are like unbelievable yeah so you're talking about eight years we can't we which you can really say 80 yeah, <laughs> because le- le- let's be honest. If you think about it, it's like um, when we saw the 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 first Star Wars compared to the for, uh, thirty years ago, yeah, not even part, with yeah. to the first the oh, prequel prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You know, it was like oh my god. Yeah, you that's know, true. yeah, very true. So it's it basically the same thing mm. to me. It was amazing. I love that movie. I love the movie. I love the movie. I love the story. I love the music. Yeah. I had no problems with the animation. You know, it, it's something it, that I glance over very it easily. It presented the, the characters. It, in their it, light. Yeah, yeah, in their yeah, way. way. Yeah. So. And then another cool fact is Lucas, George Lucas, decided on a theatrical launch after viewing early footage, declaring, quote, This is so beautiful. Why don't we just go and use the crew and make a feature? And so the, those first few episodes of what would have been the show... Uh, was woven into together to make the movie, the theatrical film. So all these, all that, all the, all that happens, and actually looking back on it, I was like, oh man, that's so true. These, this could have been an episode. That, that could have been, been an, an episode, episode. Yes. So yeah, so it was originally going to be the beginning of the series, but it was made into a feature film, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that they made a feature film out of it. I know they didn't, it didn't do that well, but. It's what got me to go to the movie theater and watch Star Wars in theaters again. I was super excited for it. I was the only one in the theater <laughs> sitting seated down on Friday night, but I, it got me and got me interested in Star Wars again. So yeah. I liked it. And also uh, other things that popped up. Ahsoka's original name was supposed to be Ashla, which is the the Force that the, the that what Zeb and his people call. The Force, Force the yeah, Ashla. Right. And Rex's original name was supposed to be Alpha. But then with Anakin and Ahsoka and the group, oh. it was too many A's. <laughs> so they went with Rex. <laughs> and, and yeah, those are some cool facts that I still think about from time to time. And then moving into fan favorite moments and questions, Franklin Taylor, he said, he, he actually asked, is it in this movie where Asajj shoves a battle droid over the edge and it screams, why? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Thought, and again, the droids are hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but they're also so self-aware. Like, technically that droid, if it wasn't thinking, it wouldn't have said anything. Think. But it said, why? Why? <laughs> And you can't help but ma- laugh at such a morbid <laughs> thing. And Melissa said her favorite moment was when Ahsoka saves Anakin or when she holds her own against the Magna the Magna guards. So they, yeah, that was another cool moment where she where Anakin was trying to fight off all these droids and she tells him, Stand, Stand still. still. <laughs> and she pulls down that oh, wall. Wow. <laughs> and I love when she's talking to the, the clones about it. Oh, oh yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I got to keep up yeah, the morale. <laughs> that was awesome. And it's cool in that shot, you get to see a variety of their hairstyles. Yes. Like, you see the clones taking, being such individuals. Individuals. And then Paul Lindbergh said his favorite moment was definitely when Obi-Wan sat down with a hot beverage to negotiate a surrender. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so English. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was so English. He was so proper. Yeah. He, I, I, I even think the pinky went up. Uh, I don't... I, I probably. Yeah. I don't remember, but probably. He was so proper and so English. <laughs> and let's have this tea. And we're going to talk our, the points of our surrender exactly (laughs) let's be civilized (laughs) 
And A Targaryen on Twitter said their favorite Ooh, moment. Ooh, Targaryen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, their favorite moment was the moment when Anakin accepted Ahsoka as his Padawan. It's not just their favorite in the Clone Wars movie, but also in all of Star Wars. And that's definitely one of my favorite moments mm-hmm. in all of Star Wars as well. It's such a... And with Ahsoka's theme in the background, and then you, you know, think back to Ahsoka... At the end of season five, and then Ahsoka and Star Wars Rebels, that theme is there throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, just, it gives me goosebumps sometimes when I hear it. And Team Ahsoka agreed with A Targaryen and said that it's all the more emotional and tragic seeing this again after this Rebels season two finale. Yes. And it's true. It's like, I, I can't wait to go through the whole series. Oh, probably not before season three starts, but, uh, and then get to the point where it all makes sense. Yeah. And. Rick Martinez asked Tomas specifically, who was your favorite character in the ooh. movie? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, mm. Did you have a favorite moment? Yeah, but it's like, like I love the movie completely. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what of all the, the moments I saw gave me the... I, I, okay, I'm going to go with... Ahsoka telling the clones oh, about how she saved Anakin. <laughs> yeah. That was like, it's just going to be there because it's so such a representation of who she is, of she's go- of who she's going to be, of her confidence, uh, her personality, and how is it that she gets all these guys to like her, to protect her, to be her to armor. See, to see her as an equal as it's, well. Yeah. Yeah. And I what about favorite character? This is a difficult one because I don't want to say Ahsoka because, you know, she, to me, she makes the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to say Anakin because I've never been a big fan of Anakin. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like the way the show expands on his character. His character, yes. And, definitely. And, yeah. Definitely. I don't know. I really don't know if I have a favorite yet. Okay. Well, yeah, so, I can see. So, I can see that you you need to watch the rest of the series yes, to determine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That there's potential for some of them, but it cannot say yes. This is it. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. And Jen said, I'm not the only one who thinks that female characters have a, like a diaper looking behind, right? Because I, uh, she's mostly referring to Padme and Asad. <laughs> and it's true. I, and I think I want to say, I want to say it's a combination of the animation and also the design for the women. Because, you know, <laughs> women are for a large part of animation. This is the Barbie look. Yeah. It's, you know, they have very, very voluptuous and yes. curvy. And unfortunately, combined with the animation, it made them look like diapers. Uh, like like also, their bubs, butts were in the air. Yeah, and it's also like, they also made their the clothes very skin tight. It was like it was painted on. And I think that's also animation. I, I wish I knew more on the subject. But yeah, it's definitely evidence of the difference between the way the women are portrayed and the way, way men are portrayed. Because Anakin didn't have diaper butt. <laughs> Men don't have butts. That's true, but men don't have butts. I mean, take a look at Kanan. He has they no ha- They have shoulder. Oh, they, they do have, have shoulders. They have broad shoulders yeah. and chests. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's just the way the uh, two genders are interpreted. And it comes off not that great in the in the movie. Uh, it definitely gets better. The diaper butt becomes non-existent as you go forward into the series. <laughs> but that's a good that's a good point to uh, to make and to uh, I didn't actually really like pick up on it the first time. And Patty asked, "What does Mom think about the intro of Ahsoka?" So you you spoke a little bit about it, but I guess really oh, I, I, I love I loved it. I, I love the way she she came down the the ship mm-hmm. where where she was and and just basically told the boys this is how it is this is the order this is what you're doing that's it <laughs> you know no i'm sorry it's not you it's him yeah. <laughs> you know like such attitude and such presence for a little girl like that and to establish herself like I am woman. Hear me roar. You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And given her age, yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was great. And and the fact that she's actually the first female Jedi to be a main character. 
because you know you have Leia and Padme, but there weren't really Jedis. Jedi, and they weren't they were main characters, but they weren't the story didn't surround didn't revolve around them exactly. Mm-hmm. And and in this case, it's Ahsoka is a main character. We're experiencing the war, her relationship with all these characters through her, sort of like how we're experiencing it. Uh, experiencing Star Wars Rebels through Ezra, mm-hmm. so I, I love I love her character, and oh man, she's one of the greatest characters. I honestly think she's one of the greatest characters ever created for Star Wars, and what she's done for the female community fan community is is amazing, really. And so that's that. That's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels chat when my mom and I talk about more Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I don't know whether we'll do a because the the episodes come in arcs, so maybe we'll do arcs so, yes, of the episodes. That would be best. Yeah, so that way we follow cover the, more. The, and, and follow the structure of yeah. the, the show. Yeah, of the show. So stay tuned. Definitely stay tuned on Twitter for more of those details. And in the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and visit thewookiegunner.com. And may the force be with you. Always. Always.